Dragons on Noah's Ark, The Tapestries of Sigismund II Augustus, by Philip Robinson. Originally published January 2017. Adorning the walls of the Krakow Castle, Poland, is a magnificent display of royal tapestries from the 16th century. Sometimes called Jagiellonian tapestries, most were amassed by Sigismund II Augustus, 1520-1572, King of Poland and Grand Duke of Lithuania. Once a larger collection, the remaining 136 tapestries include 19 biblical scenes from the Book of Genesis. The Story of the First Parents, Seven Pieces, The Story of Noah, Eight Pieces, and The Story of the Building of the Tower of Babel, Four Pieces. The first two sets are thought to have been ordered in the mid-1500s from Brussels and designed by Michiel Coxey, 1499-1592, known as the Flemish Raphael. They were revealed to the public in 1553 during the celebrations of Sigismund's marriage to his third wife, Catherine of Austria. These beautiful and intricate tapestries, some measuring up to 45 square meters, that's 450 square feet, are an impressive sight. Within the eight pieces telling the story of the flood are two tapestries showing the animals going onto and coming off Noah's Ark. Many of them are easily recognizable as good depictions of their living counterparts today. Lions, camels, cows, and various types of birds. But there are also animals that look distinctly like dragons. Why would the tapestry's designer have included dragons going onto Noah's Ark? The Latin inscription woven into the top of the tapestry reads, Noah and all his family, as well as all kinds of animals, are entering the Ark while the godless deride him, Genesis 7. The designer is drawing on the Bible, especially Genesis 7. This chapter three times describes in detail that all kinds of the land animals and every winged creature, verse 14, to quote, in which there was the breath of life, verse 15, were to enter Noah's Ark, then did so before the global flood began. At the time of designing the flood tapestries, Numerous natural history books all refer to the very real existence of dragons, which we would now call dinosaurs and the like. As a modern-day secular book states, the evidence for dragons is not confined to works of natural history and literature, but appears in everyday chronicles of events. And such eyewitness accounts are not derived from hearsay or anonymous rumor. They were set down by people of some standing, by kings and knights, monks and archbishops, scholars and saints. So the artist, wanting to be wholly consistent with the biblical text, included dragons on his list of animals shown entering the ark. He would not likely have been familiar with these personally, since at that time only a few of these now extinct animals would have still been in existence. He would have had to rely upon the materials available to him in the 1500s, whose depictions of dragons had by then been increasingly embellished over the centuries. This embellishment is reflected in the dragons on the tapestries of Sigismund II Augustus, but even these still have discernible Dysornian features. The tapestry reinforces the fact that the Bible gives us a framework for looking at the natural world around us. 
when it so unambiguously states that all the kinds of land animals and winged creatures went onto Noah's Ark, this categorically means dinosaurs went onto the Ark too. And our representations of this episode in biblical history should not shy away from depicting this. To do so is to capitulate to the secular view that the Bible's history is mythological and that dinosaurs were already extinct before people appeared. In that view, dinosaurs and dragons, the same creatures, along with all the death and suffering their fossils portray, lived and became extinct long before people, contradicting the Bible's teaching of a once-perfect world ruined by human sin. So, the question of whether or not to show dinosaurs and pterosaurs entering the ark is not some minor issue, but involves the credibility of the Bible and the gospel itself. The Bible plainly says that all kinds of creatures, including dinosaurs and people, were created within six days. So there is no room for any prehistory. Including dinosaurs in pictures of animals entering the ark starkly makes that point and can be a great conversation starter. Conversely, having only familiar animals entering the ark, like lions, giraffes, and pelicans, tends to reinforce the idea that this is some sort of Aesop's fable story, invented by people who simply didn't know about fossils. In our time, we have more knowledge of the issues than did the tapestry artist, who was nonetheless doing his best to be faithful to the Bible. We should do no less. And here's a little bit more about dragons, the dinosaur link. Dragons have been written about as real, living creatures, and depicted on many different items for the past few thousand years among people groups from every continent. While there is no doubt that some elements of these writings and depictions of dragons have been embellishments and mythological elements added, more so as time went on, such a consistent array of testimony over thousands of years testifies to the truth of their existence. This makes sense. The many similarities of dragon features to those of dinosaurs and other now-extinct reptiles known from the fossil record is not a coincidence. The word dragon was simply a colloquial term for them. The fossils of these dragons are not millions of years old. They were entombed by the flood, 1656 years after the creation of all things. Since their rediscovery in the early 1800s, we now call them dinosaurs, or winged reptiles such as pterosaurs. As non-aquatic creatures, representatives of each of their kinds, presumably immature ones for the very large types, had to have boarded the ark. This explains why they were written about as still living animals for many centuries after the flood. One of the best books ever on this topic, with stunning photographic evidence, is Dire Dragons, from the Untold Secrets of Planet Earth series. Speaking of dire dragons, in the evolutionary age of dinosaurs, man and dinosaurs did not coexist and were separated by millions of years, according to evolution. But if dinosaurs and humans were both created on day six, they clearly coexisted, and there should be evidence of that. Using hundreds of incredible photographs from around the world, the book Dire Dragons provides stunning evidence that the ancients saw dinosaurs and depicted them, calling them dragons. 
This is one of the best books on the subject ever produced, and you can find it in the Untold Secrets of Planet Earth series, available at creation.com forward slash store. And if you enjoyed this book, then you'll also want to check out Flood Fossils in the Untold Secrets of Planet Earth series. It is the companion to Dire Dragons, a superb layout and stunning images combined with a fascinating subject to show how the evolutionary explanation of fossils is not sustainable. I am Joseph Darnell, and for all of us at Creation Ministries International, thanks for listening.